to the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. Praise be, the Dwayne Casey curse is over. Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. We are part of the stadiumscene.tv network and Raptors are exercising some demons, albeit without a full roster, but... Not so bad. Not so bad right now. Not so great, but not so bad. And we're going to break it all down. Joining me to do so, as always, in the co-host chair, Mr. Connor Chambers. What's going on, man? Salute. I don't have anything to crack, unlike you, like, for those listening, but I do have my drink here, so um, cheers to that. Hell yeah. Cheers to Dwayne Casey, the demons finally being exercised in a otherwise lackluster couple weeks Uh, i mean it wasn't so bad it was a good lackluster doesn't necessarily mean bad it just means fair fair yeah Yeah. i mean it was lukewarm it could Mm -hmm. have been better for sure but it It was it was just lukewarm look i mean going back at the predictions i think the only one we got wrong in terms of totals, was Dallas? I think we had Dallas as a win. We had Dallas as a win. We had OKC as a win, and we had Indiana as a win. Yeah. So we kind of... But to be fair, in our defense, Pascal Siakam is still a very healthy player at this point. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, if you have have Pascal Siakam, you know, you're probably winning one of those Oklahoma City or Indiana games. Maybe even the Dallas game. I mean, Luca went off. Yeah, but um, it's not all doom and gloom. I I think we did all right. Um, we got to talk about injuries and um, you know what this Raptors team, as we're alluding to right now, what they're made of or lack thereof. Um, but I think the general consensus around Raptors Twitter is you're either deeply concerned with Scotty Barnes or you're deeply defensive of Scotty Barnes. Mm. Um, we're going to break that down. Before we do, a little bit of non-Raptors talk real quick. Um, it's no secret, myself and Connor, uh, much like Jack Armstrong, are pretty big Buffalo Bills fans. Um, I was very depressed on Sunday. <laughs> <sighs> You have to bring this up, man. Ah, <laughs> oh, terrible. It's terrible. What a that was the most roller coaster bullshit I think I've ever gone through. Mm. Like that went from the highest of highs to lowest of lows, the highest of highs to lowest of lows. Mm-hmm. I was running around like I watched. I actually watched a game from from our office. I watched with a few people. Was the only Bills fan there. We kind of had on red zone a bit, so we were, there were some Steelers fans, some sure. Bills fans, so like whatever. So we kind of rotate through. And obviously, red zone. Like once they see how this game's going, they're like, "This is game of the year." Like we got it. We're, uh-huh. we're focusing on this. Mm-hmm. And there was like a mixture of pain and humor from everyone else around me, seeing my reactions and feeling my joy and then my pain. Yeah. As I was running around the office one minute and then the next minute I was sitting on the couch with my 
head in my hands going, what the actual fuck just happened? Well, you're lucky you were amongst people. My wife went out to her friend's house with my oldest to have a play date. So I was home with my youngest, my one-year-old. And she was in the middle of the nap. She woke up around the fourth quarter. I had her on my lap. She actually likes watching the games. I don't think it's necessarily... I'll tell myself she likes to watch the games. I just think she likes looking at the TV, to be honest. Nothing wrong with that. Um, If that's what what allows you to spend time with her, then sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Don't worry. I don't only put her in front of the TV. People listen. (laughs) We we do interact. But um, I, I had her on my lap the entire time, so my emotions couldn't get too you know, wild. Um, as soon as I lose that game, I'm just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? I can't throw my baby. Like, what am I supposed to do right now? So I just calmly turn off the TV. And, you know, I would just like it for once, and we can move on to Raptors talk, but I would just like it for once if the game of the year doesn't involve the Bills losing. Please. In overtime. Yes. Yep. Please. It would be nice, but, you know, I, I, think, I think that, there's a few issues with that team that need to be resolved. And I think you have to sort of look at the big dog right now. He's just not performing the way he should it's two games in a row. I think he's been pretty mediocre in Josh Allen and uh, it starts with him. He's got to be MVP level. If he's not, that team is just not winning anything. So, um, you know, I, it's early. It's still early enough in the year. Like granted, like I know we're talking, we're approaching week 11, still early enough in the year where these things will rear its ugly head and they'll be fine. Same thing happened with Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Year they won the, like one of the years they won the Super Bowl. He was pretty dog shit for the middle of the season. And then by the time the playoffs came around, he was MVP level. So I'm not too worried about them. Case Keenum would never. All right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's get in. Yeah. He Raptors. would never have had the bills in that position. That's great. true. Um, Raptors right now, we are recording this Tuesday evening, November 15th. Raptors right now currently sit with a record of 8-7. and seven. They are a game over 500. They are, speaking of 500, five of their last five. And they are currently on a one-game winning streak. They are three and a half games. If there's any solace, they are only three and a half games behind the Boston Celtics, who are on a fucking tear right now. They are sitting in sixth place and I know that sounds a little bad, but when you figure they are ahead of the 76ers, they are ahead of the Heat, they are ahead of the Bulls, they are ahead of the Nets, okay, you'll take that. And they're only a half a game behind what was the scorching hot Cleveland Cavaliers. So the Raptors aren't doing as bad as their record or position in the standings may suggest. Um... However, the the thing of note that I want to focus on to start are the injuries. And I think this is the main, I don't want to say point of contention, but maybe the thing that fans are clutching onto, as you alluded to about our predictions on the previous episode with the absence of Pascal Siakam. So the Raptors are currently down four players that are of note, I'll say, and that's no disrespect to players like Champagne and Otto Porter. But um, Fred Van Vliet is 
down with a non-COVID illness. Good news is he is questionable to play tomorrow. Siakam is out with a groin injury. Achua is out with an ankle injury. And Gary Trent Jr. is out with a hip injury. He, too, is questionable to play tomorrow. As I mentioned, Otto Porter... Uh, Otto Porter Jr. Got it. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. Uh, suffered a foot injury last night against Detroit. Champagne is day-to-day with a back injury. And even more daunting is Achua and Siakam are expected to be sidelined until at the very earliest November 23rd. So eight days from now. That being said, that is a whole lot of production that is being missed from the Raptors and for the team to pick up some dubs. How much of this is a blow? I know that's an obvious question for you, but how daunting or detrimental is this for the Raptors and their bench? Is this a situation where you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm glad these injuries are sort of happening now because we can get them out of the fucking way now, knock on desk, and we don't have to focus on this at the end of the season, but at the same time, we're entering into that stretch where the schedule is starting to lighten up and maybe it's not that big of a deal, but again, you need to pick up these dubs. Where do you sit on this? You, you and I both know injuries don't discriminate, no, right? They like I'm I've never really believed in the notion of let's get the injuries out of the way. That doesn't doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. right? Like injuries happen and they'll happen at any point. Um, getting them out of the way doesn't it's not like you get an injury and you're like okay you're immune for 20 games <laughs> no more injuries <laughs> no more you're good <laughs> you're set you've you've gotten your injuries out of the way you're good that's it um met your quota and i know and and, and, and i get what you're saying because that's a commonly used term um so i don't subscribe to that notion really mm-hmm. so the the injuries always suck like it doesn't matter what time of the year where you are in the schedule how light how heavy what your opposition is if you're in a playoff race, if you're not in a playoff race, injuries suck. And it's really hard for a team, especially when you're losing, like you said, four notable players to with two questionable and two out until at least November 23rd. Looking at the schedule, we play Miami, Atlanta, and Brooklyn within that time frame, right? Um, assuming that both players are still out on the 23rd, that would be the game against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. That is... Even to have Siakam, let's focus on Siakam for a second. Sure. MVP candidate when he was, by the time he was hurt. Scorching. Scorching hot. Those are three tough opponents. And I understand that, you know, I I understand that the Raptors are ahead of Miami, Brooklyn, the standings, but like Atlanta is nine and five. Brooklyn, they're six and eight, but they've won. I think they won the last four, four of the last five or four of the last six without Kyrie Irving. Right. So they're playing, they're playing at a good pace. Miami Heat, I know they're seven and seven. They're on a three game win streak right now. Mm -hmm. Like that's still a veteran team. They're going to, they're going to make you work for it. Um, It's. (laughs) Those are the times where you're like, I really wish I had these guys in those couple games could make a difference between being a play-in team or a play-off team, right? Because I think this is where we're going to sit with this team where they're either going to be like four, five, six, or seven, eight, potentially. Like, that's the that's the range I see them in currently. These games do matter, and it doesn't matter. Every game weighs the same by the time you go to the end of the season. You count all 82 games, and you're like, where are we sitting? So, yeah, it sucks. And I think that when you when you take a look at it, yes, it does matter. It's 
it sucks that it's like it is a blow no matter what time of the year. So I am a bit concerned. I'm hoping that the notion of we're getting the injuries out of the way is a thing and that it works. But um, like it is something to be concerned about because the bench of this team, like the depth is not great and it's being tested. Granted, I know and I know we'll discuss this later, but granted, some of our players have been stepping up. Um, the competition hasn't been the greatest, so we can play devil's advocate on that. But, you know, it's NBA talent and they've been producing. But is that sustainable or are playing are playing players that aren't normally used to getting those minutes in that run sustainable? I don't know. So the, the quicker that this team can turn around and get healthier, it's going to be better for them in the long run. That's just my opinion. Yeah, these injuries have uh, illuminated a couple of things. Um, let's start with the positives. Um, it's illuminated to me that these players, you know, the the Gary Trents, the Fred Van Vliet's, the Pascal Siakams, um, they are vital, and I know this is obvious, but they are vital to the success of the Raptors. And it makes me wonder what that means for next season. I know we're not going to dive too much into that, but players like Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent, you know, there's a chance. There's a chance they're playing elsewhere. What does that mean for the future of the Raptors? But that's a different story for a different day. But the positive about this is that Nick Nurse has been so reluctant to use the bench for at least ostensibly good reasons for the beginning chunk of the season, right? We are, uh, what, 15 games deep right now? I think this has sort of forced his hand to see what he has. And I know we're going to talk about the bench more, but it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, There have been players that have stepped up. Some players have looked a little iffy. Looking at you, Thad Young. Um, (laughs) But a lot of the players that have predominantly played bench roles and some of them that haven't played at all have really stepped up and... I've liked what I've seen, probably not through a stretch of 82, but enough to hold down the fort until at least November 23rd. Um, So that's the positive out of the way. The bad part about this is that, yes, you rely so heavily on those players, but if they're gone, you're sort of limping your way through. And it really speaks to the notion of the lack of sufficient depth that the Raptors don't have or rather it it speaks to the insufficient depth that the Raptors have I'll put it that way um the a big point of contention going into the season is we need a really solid backup point guard for Fred Van Vliet in the event that he needs time to load manage or the in the event of an injury like right now and yes we can talk about Banton and his performance against Detroit but I don't know that I can trust that and I'm comfortable with that throughout like a long stretch or even as, you know, a second unit point guard. And I don't know that I like the way this team is construction constructed after the starting five. So I have my concerns, but in the overall, again, I alluded to it in the intro, I'm lukewarm as to where I am. You just got to hope that these aren't long-term things, especially when it comes to Achua, when it comes to Siakam, and when it comes to Gary Trent. I know Fred's just an illness, but with his minute log, you do have you know sort of concerns there. So 
Um, that's where my head's at when it comes to these injuries and, you know, the bench playing such a predominant role necessarily. <clears throat> I mean, you look and you see that performance on Banton, obviously incredible performance in, in last night's game. Malachi Flynn has not been a bad option either. And, you know, we've kind of joked about him as being the guy that's going to make the difference in the Kevin Durant trades and kind of memed him a little bit. But, you know, over the last three games against OKC in 11 minutes, he had 12 points, two rebounds, shot three of seven from the field with three of four from three. Uh, against Indiana, 22 minutes, he had eight points, two rebounds and assists. It was a poor night from him. But against Detroit in 15 minutes, 12 points, three rebounds, four assists, three of six from the field, two of four from three. Mm-hmm. It's not bad for a backup point guard, right? Especially in, in like a 15-ish minute capacity. Like that's that's not terrible. And his defense is not something that you're going to sit there and be like, he's a liability on defense because he's always been known, even coming out of college, as a good defender. So I I think it might just be the fact that Nick Nurse just doesn't trust him and this is like a necessity play for him on Malachi Flynn. But obviously, you know, we talk about, we, we think about guys like Chris Boucher, who's been playing incredibly well for Toronto um, in the absence of the big boys that we had mentioned. You need that type of production. We had good nights from OG and Nobi Delano Banton. Like, so yeah, I, I get your perspective, but it's scary to think that mm, the longer these guys are out, like these are these results from these players are not sustainable, basically. Especially playing a team that's dead last right now in the standings in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Right? That's why I don't... I'm not taking anything away from Banton's outing or Flynn, but it was against Detroit, and they were without Cade. Granted, we were without Fred, but still, it does sort of make a difference for them. Um, I don't know how much legitimate stock you can put into it, but it is a good launching pad. At least it's a confidence booster for them. So if they can sort of build on that, if you know, if necessary, or if this sort of encourages Nick Nurse to have, um, you know, Malachi Flynn and or Banton pick up some minutes, so Fred can be rested properly and not chucking out thirty-five to thirty-eight minutes a game. Um, I guess I'm okay with it, but I just can't rely on this production, um, you know, every single game. Um, so it's when not it com- sustainable. It's just not sustainable. It's not. That's that's it. It's not. And when it comes to the bench, you know, we touched on Banton. We touched on Flynn. When I say bench, I mean more so those that aren't typically in the starting lineup. The person that... I mean, even though this person came off the bench, Boucher, you touched on it. I mean, he's just so, so good. So good. He's so good. So good. With the absence of Achua, it's sort of like, I'm at the point. We talked about it that we want to see a lot more from Achua this year, and we thought he was going to get those opportunities, and he still may. But I'm okay with Coloco sort of being that, starting center and mm-hmm. having Chris Boucher be the first one off the bench. Sixth man of the year. <laughs> it's, he's not, he's not, he's not close, there. but I don't think he's going to get it. No, 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 no. no. But 
he's, you know, he's averaging essentially 20 points per over the last three games. Um, his shooting splits are, are good, especially for someone that will stretch the floor. I will, I will note that in the Indiana game, he, he did hock up eight threes, which I don't necessarily like. And yeah. he missed six of them. So that was that was tough. Made him six of 17 on the night, which isn't great. But the other two games were, were a lot more efficient. So, um, you know, it's, again, not sustainable. You're not going to get 20 points from Chris Boucher, Renee, especially when the starters are coming back. But it's it is nice to know that that's available and it makes me a little bit more confident in the offense that we could get from the bench unit because we've been preaching on this show for the past few episodes. Like, I don't know where the offense is going to come from on this bench. Is it going to be Chris Boucher? Like, is is this is this where the <laughs> offense is going to come from? Because, like, I was thinking like Otto Porter, Chris Boucher type like like a chua maybe like like sprinkle some of that stuff in there and that's your offense which doesn't necessarily spark a lot of confidence in me in it still but chris boucher is your number one scoring option on a pure bench unit i love chris boucher but i i still i'm still concerned about that with with the bench i'm still concerned i don't blame you um this was, I don't want to say it's a failure because, again, we're only 15 games deep. But I think we were at least, it's 15 games, it's still a small sample. But I, I do think it's large enough that you look at what the production is from this bench when everyone's healthy. And you sort of, it leaves a lot to be desired. I don't want to say it's a failure, but I just wish Masai and Bobby were a little bit more aggressive in their pursuits. I mean, we loved the signing of Otto Porter, and he seems to be a little bit broken. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's a little Band-Aid issue going on there, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, Call up Alex McKechnie. That's yeah. where you get paid the big bucks. Yeah. I, I, there's something... I know this is, you know, stupid alpha bullshit, but there's something so like funny when i hear someone has a toe injury it's probably turf toe it's probably something like a little serious but when i see someone out with an injured michael, toe, michael thomas yeah i'm just like come on man like, whatever i'm not an athlete so this, this is coming from a guy that you know if my child slaps me in the face or something <laughs> just like what the fuck i'm down anyways yeah. um it's, let's this is coming for this is coming from a guy that buys pumpkin spice lattes in august i don't buy lattes bro i'm telling you oh, right whatever the cereals and shit like yeah that the august. cereal and oh, okay. the and the, the candles yeah and the beard fragrance it's still going oh it's still it's still burning get rid of it no it's chris it, christmas time is coming up man. no get fuck rid you of that. listen no, listen no shot get rid of get no. out of Get fuck. Get rid of that shit. No, when you, you when the American Thanksgiving, the decorations are harvest decorations. Therefore, pumpkins is still are still acceptable. That's a and b. We had company over on Sunday, Saturday, rather. Oh, here we go. And it was Cindy's cousin and his wife and his child, and she's sitting in the living room, and she says, "It smells so cozy in here." And I said, "Glade pumpkin spice." What did he say? Nothing. Nothing. He doesn't he give a fuck. Nothing. 
She said nothing. But no, I said, of course not. I said, you can take one for the road. And she said, I don't have a burner. I said, I got you covered. <laughs> You're just, you are actually the ultimate salesperson of these glaze. I didn't sell it. I just, I gave it away. You sold it. No. You sold the idea. You sold the idea in the product. Ever. Yeah. And now she'll forever need refills. And this is why you stock up she, in August. remember. So you have it in December. That's a, it's a fair point about American Thanksgiving. I did forget about it. I yeah. ate turkey a long time ago. Come on. So. Come on. So is that what Canadians do? That, like after Halloween, they shift automatically to a Christmas mode? Well, I, I, I do. But there's some people that take their their time. For me, like if, if I were to do it, like Christmas trees up first week in November. Whoa. I'm not, I'm not messing around. I'm not messing around. I don't give a shit. I'm not messing around like... Halloween, I'm not a fan of Halloween. I love fall. What? Love fall time. Yeah, I love fall time. I love fall. You were in pure shock. I love fall time. I love the leaves. I love the smell of fall. Like it's fresh in the air. The, the yeah. weather's changing. It's getting sweater sweater weather. Beautiful. Hoodie season, bro. Yeah. But that's about it, man. Uh, don't don't mess don't don't get me with this costume crap. I don't want to deal with it. I mean, you have kids, so it's, yes. it's a little bit different, and I get it. And I'll probably be a lot more like, oh, what are we doing, kitties for Halloween? Shit like that. But I'm not, as of right now, I don't care. Like, don't, uh, yeah, I, I just, I have no, I don't know if that means I'm heartless to it. No. But I just, I just don't like it. But Christmas time, I love it. Give, yes. me, give me a little bit of snow. Give me the trees. Give me the gift giving for I, I, I like to like see the joy on people's faces in, okay. in that regard. So, um, yeah, All right. that's where I sit. All right. Go get yourself a pumpkin spice something. No, Anyways. I'm not getting pumpkin nothing, man. Unless you send me a Glade plug in. <laughs> All right. Bet. <laughs> Ship it over. <laughs> Say less. All right. <laughs> let's talk about uh, Scotty Barnes. I alluded to it in the beginning. You're either on one camp. Or the other there is no in between of course there is but you know that's the saying that's what the in the our in say. our world there's yeah not. you're either defending him to the death rookie of the year he can do no wrong he is the future or you have serious concerns when it comes to a sophomore slump let me give you some numbers here um really since the second game against chicago he's been a little off um he hasn't been hustling he hasn't really been the facilitator that you sort of need him to be without a Fred Van Vliet on the floor. Uh, specifically last night during the Detroit game, uh, I watched that game twice and I focused on him more so the second time. And the time of possession that he had, you know, setting up plays, he was burning that shot clock to around eight to 10 seconds left. And then plays were getting set up. That's not enough time. Um, but statistically here, over the course of those five games, you know, since the second Chicago game, averaging 9.8 points per game, we'll call it 10, call it about two turnovers a game, four and a half assists, 6.2 total rebounds, shooting 33% from the field, 14% from deep, 62.5% from the line what is going on i don't know if it's a conditioning issue i don't know if it's the absence of fred and siakam therefore more attention is being put on barnes defensively by opposing teams what is going on 
with Scotty Barnes? Um, I'm going to defer to Thaddeus Young on this one. Um, Thaddeus Young was recently asked about Scotty Barnes's sophomore slump, quote unquote, or that he's going through a sophomore slump, and he was asked about it. He said, Scotty puts a lot of pressure, a lot of weight on his shoulders. Sometimes that can be your biggest killer, but I love that about him. It's only going to make him into a better player. Um, Thaddeus Young has seen some good players around during his tenure in the league. And, you know, maybe his better days of playing basketball are behind him, but he's still a very smart mind. And he still understands the qualities of a good player when he sees one. I don't think something like that is just lip service. Like, I don't think you say something like that if you don't believe it. Like, you probably say it in a different way. If you're like, oh, you know, like, everyone kind of goes through their challenges, but we're here from his teammates. Like, he basically said he's going to be a better player from this. And that's because of his his work ethic, his abilities. It puts a lot of pressure on himself. And you can see that, right? Like, you win Rookie of the Year, and there's that pressure to be better. Pascal Siakam's out. Fred Van Vliet is out. And now, based on the chain that we had talked about, the third scoring option on this team that we had defined as Scotty Barnes now becomes number one. And they're game planning for you. They're scheming for you. They got their best defenders on you. They're focused on you. You're getting double team more because Pascal and Fred aren't on the floor. The ball's not moving as crisp. Um, there's guys that you're not comfortable playing with that are on the floor. You know, as a star player, you should be able to overcome a lot of those challenges and adversities, but it's the second year in the league. And I think that people need to just sit back, take a breath, really think about what has changed since then, i.e. these, you know, the injuries and the landscape of things, and just think the sample size is small, right? We're talking about, what, five games? Five games, yeah. The sample size is small, Okay. That is like 7% of the season. Small sample size. So, yes, the numbers are concerning. And if the trend was longer, if we're talking, you know, 20, 20, 25 games, 30 games, half a season, full season. (laughs) Now I'm like, now I'm like, shit, right? But we're still in a position where the players that, are supposed to be there for him, mentoring him, guiding him. They're not they're not there on the floor with him. They're still there in, in body, but they're not there on the floor with him. And it makes a difference, right? Like if you played any sports growing up, or you know, if you still do in men's league or whatever, and a couple of your tight boys are out and the guys that are producing, you know, you're you're sque- you're gripping the ball a little bit tighter, you're gripping your stick a little bit tighter on the ice you got you know, you're you're playing you're playing baseball, and it's it's a little bit different. Like the vibes, a little bit off. Yeah, I'm willing to give him a pass for now. If these numbers continue, especially with a more healthy roster, I'm open to revisiting this conversation. But as of right now, I think it's just one of those things where people have to sit back and understand that Scotty's still a very good player in this run of five games does not define who he is or that he's a bust or that he's due for a super long sophomore slump and that he's peaked in his rookie season like Ben Simmons. <laughs> I, I always got to give him a chance to throw that in there. But that's it. That's my perspective on it. What about you? 
First of all, when it comes to Ben Simmons, <laughs> I want to bring it back to Ban. Maybe Banton is what Ben Simmons is supposed to be. <laughs> ben, ben Simmons is jealous of Delano Banton. I mean, he's got the height, and yeah. he's he's the de facto guard. Whatever. He's, better, he's got he's got better style too. Yeah, it's Love true. It. It's true, and just he's more likable. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. I picked those five games not just because you know the absence of the other players that this team relies on, but if you go to the previous six, you know, before that. Um, the numbers aren't bad. Um, during that stretch, he was averaging about 16 points a game. He had eight total rebounds. Uh, turnovers were still around two, um, so you'd like that to decrease. Um, 83% at the line, shooting 38% from deep and 47.5 from the floor. It's It's much better. And oh, by the way, during those six previous games... He was in the uh, the minus column zero times. So I do think it's more of a matter of opposing defenses focusing more on him because you would think, ostensibly looking at the roster, you would say, oh, obviously he's going to be the person that the Raptors are going to rely on to win this game where they're wrong because it's actually OG and Anobi. We'll get to that too. Um, but... I, I understand why there would be a lot more focus on him. My issue with him isn't necessarily what's on the stat line. I can live with that, especially knowing what, you know, the lack of options that the team has when it comes to the main plays on this team. My main concern is what I was talking about when it comes to him creating. He's sort of exposing himself as not that much of a creator. Um, I don't like the time of possession. I don't like the inability to set up plays. I don't like the indecisiveness. And, you know, we, we credited Siakam to do this and to a, a much better degree he can. But we also sort of lent this to Barnes at the same time that, you know, oh, if Fred's down, Barnes can be the guy to bring the ball up. Just because we see him bring the ball up doesn't necessarily mean he ought to. Um, I don't think he's that much of a creator and a facilitator like a Fred Van Vliet, like a Pascal Siakam, and honestly, like an OG and an Obi. I'm not sure that he's quite there yet. I do have faith that he can be, and you know, the the just the physicality alone, he should be able to the athleticism, but it's just not there yet. And that's what my my main frustration was when it came to watching him play. It was just like get rid of the ball. You need to set something, get rid of the ball, stop, and run down the court. We're trying to gas them. And it just wasn't there. And I don't know if it's a fatigue issue. I don't know if it's a conditioning issue or if it's, it's just not in his wheelhouse. I'm, uh, yeah, it's very fair, right? Like, and I don't need, I don't have the answer to that because it's a very fair question. And I know you're saying that just rhetorically, like there's not looking for one. You're, You're not there. You're not. I. You don't go to these I, practices. Listen, listen. All right, I should know, but I don't. So I'm sorry. <laughs> but honestly, it's. Um, I think it's just something for Raptors fans to keep in mind, mm. right? Everything that we've discussed and thought about when you watch the next game, just keep that in the back of your mind. They play tomorrow, or if you're listening to this tomorrow today, <laughs> listening to this um, on Wednesday. On, on Wednesday, November 16th, play today against the Heat. 
keep an eye out for that, right? Like assuming Fred doesn't play. Assuming Fred doesn't play. If Fred plays, then it's you know we're talking the ability to create becomes less yes. important, and that's one less person that is focused. There, there's there's one additional focus on the team for the Raptors, right. and it takes a little bit more of the focus off of Scotty Burns. Yes. So, yeah, I, I, at the end of the day, I'm still willing to give him pass for now. Not not saying I'm not concerned, but not saying I'm overly concerned. I'm I'm noting it, but yeah. it's not it's not front page news for me yet. Still in the still in the middle section of the newspaper. It's kind of buried a little bit, but not 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 front page yet. And don't get me wrong, there were times, there was this one sequence um, where I think it was Banton that shot a deep three, missed it, Barnes got the rebound, Banton cut, and Barnes had this sick, like, one-handed high bounce pass to him, fed him right underneath. It's there. That's why when I see that, I'm like, okay, you are capable of this. It's just when it comes to time to set up the offense that might not be in your wheelhouse you might be better like in motion yep. you know off ball in motion um and in sequence so it's just a matter of addressing his strengths and weaknesses and, and when it comes to those weaknesses it's not necessarily a criticism it's just something like hey if you work on this your game can elevate and you can make this team even better when and if an absence of fred van vliet or whoever gary Trent happens um so again nothing to be overly concerned out concerned of but as you mentioned definitely something to take note of um let's talk about what we talked about from the jump the hex is over raptors beat Dwayne casey and you know i talked about this when we addressed the schedule when it comes to rivalry weekend or whatever my vote would have been against detroit because Dwayne Casey always celebrates as if he won the Larry OB every time he beats the Raptors. Um, and and if you watch that game last night, Raptors fans, I know it's, you know, the, the proximity, it's not that far away from Toronto to Michigan, but Raptors fans turned out. It was they, always do. they were loud in there with the Let's Go they Raptors chance, the OG chance. I was very impressed. I was very happy with it. Um Raptors defeat Dwayne Casey, 115-111. to 111. Curse is over. Banton was a monster. OG was a monster. He is killing it. I will put it in now, Defensive Player of the Year. Shout out to two weeks ago. What stood out to you against that game against the Pistons? Um, I mean, I would be lying if I didn't say Delano Banton, right? Like right. 27 points, four, four assists, three steals two blocks four rebounds as well like that <laughs> that's a point guard ladies and gentlemen right like like that is what well, i mean you know he can he can play point guard yes, they also yeah. have listed as a forward which is a little bit weird too but at the start um, too yeah so i mean that's your starting point guard of that game nine is 16 from the field three is seven six is six from the line uh fantastic efficiency that is a guy that's in his sophomore year that doesn't get a lot of run um stood out to me in a way that sheds more positive light on him you know it's it's we've seen flashes of it again i'm, I'm never going to expect alano banton to consistently be this type of player and nor should anybody it's not fair but uh big kudos to him like toronto boy first 
Canadian to be drafted by the Toronto Raptors. Uh, so it's an incredible story just to even have him in the roster. Second round pick of last year's draft, not this year's draft, last year's draft. So uh, the Scotty Barnes draft. So it's it's great to see him making an impact like that in a game this early in his career as a second round pick. So um, big kudos to him. We always seem to find these guys buried deep in the in the in the depths of drafts or, or just not draft at all. Chris Boucher, again, another of saying that we've already talked a little bit about him. So kind of glance over OG and Anobi <laughs> is I I had I, and I still do have very high hopes for OG and Anobi. He's still very young. Like, I, I think that people fail to to forget, like, he's 25 years old. He's born in 1997. He's 25 years old. He's still improving on his game. We've seen him for so long with the Toronto Raptors. That I think sometimes we forget that he's still improving as a player, right? He was injured for like a season. It kind of knocked him out. So he still has room to grow. And we're seeing this growth. And it's it's really impressive. He's contributing on the offensive end. And he's been an absolute stud on the defensive end. I don't think he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year just because of the other names that are mentioned in the conversation. Giannis and Marcus Smart. Hmm. I think he deserves it. I don't think he's going to win it. I would love to be wrong. I just think that that's the way it's going to go. I think they'll probably give it back to Giannis because they gave it to a guard and they're probably going to go, well, you got to give it to me. I'm yeah. sick of that. I'm sick of the, pol- pol- the political bullshit. But alas, I'm. I, I, you look at the box, even just the box score, right? And you see those three guys. And they see Malachi Flynn there at the bottom getting some run and, and contributing pretty well. It's good to have those numbers against a team that you expect to win with the with the guys that were sitting in that game. Pres- uh, Siakam, Gary Trent, Precious, Fred Van Vliet all out. Very important to still get that win even with those guys out. So an impressive team win. Um, some notable performances like I mentioned, but an impressive team win nonetheless. Even like, even Bo Cruz. Yeah. Nine points, six uh, six rebounds, three assists, right? Um, Hernan Gomez. Yeah, that's what I mean. Hernan Gomez, yeah. man. Um, th- those type of performances kind of fly under the radar a bit when when you have guys like Donald Banton that pop off. But I think those are things to note, especially when you start having to get towards the depth of your lineup when four key guys are hurt. So. Um, a big kudos, a big kudos to them on that for sure. Yeah, I, I think this was a game that the Raptors needed, especially dropping to uh, Indiana. You sort of need that pick me up, even if it is against a bottom feeder in the East, which is why I'm not going to take a lot away from it, but I'm also not going to take away things that Bingo. players contributed from it. I'm going to give them their just due. Um, if you look at the stat line for Delano Banton, I'm going to, I'm going to quiz you here real quick though. But if you look at his stat line, knowing me, what is the one thing that stands out to you that I'm just like, fucking finally free throws. Yep. (laughs) Six for six from the line. Make your free throws, man. And I know Thad was two for two. Sure. But. It's always so fucking frustrating when people miss free throws. And Delano Ban, you couldn't have done it better. Six for six from the line. Thank you. That's a rarity for this team. 
You're you're the free throw king. <laughs> you're the free throw king. I knew it as soon as you said on these free throws with him. Uh, but but you're right. Like make your free throws. Yes. That is a that is one of the most influential po- things in basketball. Like it, it like one one of the things that can turn the tide of a game is free throws. We've seen games won and lost at the line. You have to be better. You are a fucking professional. You have to be better at the line. Seeing guys that can knock it down consistently and have the confidence to do so is nice. I mean, we don't have the greatest shooting team, granted, so I I, I kind of have a little bit of understanding as to why we have those woes at the free throw line. But look, man, you got to make them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got you to make your free throws. Um, nice to see Banton doing that for sure. All right, let's um let's move on to the the landscape of the NBA. We touched on this last week. I kind of want to make this a episodic thing, um, yeah. or at least a segment in every episode because it sort of you know brings things full circle and rounds things out. Well, sometimes people watch the Raptors and then you know they like obviously you can't watch every team in the league. It's kind of nice to to kind of have a five ten minute segment on it and just sort of encapsulate sort of what's going on or what's new in in the league yeah yeah a a quick recap is always beneficial um i mentioned this earlier celtics are on a seven game winning streak they are scorching but the bucks are hot on their trail they're a half game behind cleveland fell back down to earth if you look at the east standings i'll i'll go from i'll give the hawks the benefit of the doubt i'll go from cleveland all the way down to philly so from fourth to seventh, that grouping, that pairing is right there, right there. The Raptors are only a game behind the Cleveland Cavaliers in fourth. 76ers only a game and a half behind the Cleveland Cavaliers from seventh to fourth. That is a cluster right there. So um, it The made... New York Knicks are two games out of fourth in their 10th place. Yeah, who cares about that? Surprised you <laughs> brought them up. I just to hear your answer on the next um, so when you see the Raptors in six, it's not that bad considering that, you know, from fourth to seventh, it's a nice crock pot right there. Yeah. Um, Nets don't hire Ime, so kudos for to them. Brooklyn, I guess. Good for them. Um, Holy shit, that would have been a clusterfuck. Good for them. Lakers still in shambles. There, there are articles out there about why it is a good idea to trade LeBron right now. There are articles suggesting that AD go to Golden State. This It is chaos for the Lakers. But do you want to know where there is no chaos? Fucking Sacramento. 500 record. Six wins. Six losses. Sitting pretty in a play-in spot right now. Bow down to the Kings. What is going on, Sacramento? And oh yeah, the Blazers of all team are tied in first place right now. Oh, and the Jazz are in third. Five games over five hundred. What the hell? And Jazz haven't lost at home. They're five and zero at home. That's incredible, by the way. I think I think they might actually be. They are the only undefeated team at home in the NBA, the Utah Jazz. Ridiculous. If you told me 15 games in the season, the Utah Jazz would be the only undefeated team at home, I would say put down the drugs and go to bed. Ainge is furious. <laughs> Ainge, Ainge is fuming. Yes. Look, he's in third. He's like, I'm not going to fucking win. <laughs> this, this was not the plan. <laughs> this was not the plan. He's 
fuming right now, okay? He's he's irate. So it's a bullshit. I didn't take this fucking job. Sorry, I went Benny Emma. Mad. Who you know who's mad about when Benny Emma? The Lakers are yeah. mad. <laughs> yes. The Lakers. Are, like that could that imagine Zion Williamson and Victor Wembanyama. Oh my god. Yeah. Because I think that Pelicans I've seen I've seen mock ups. Have of that it. pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um the Houston Rockets currently are two and twelve, so they have the best odds of getting with Benny Emma. Pair yes. him along with um uh, with Jalen Green. Yeah. That would be a really nice pairing for Houston. Dude um, hustles, man. I saw yeah. that Raptors game. He was everywhere. Yeah. So uh he's good, good player. Uh Detroit also is three and twelve. So the Lakers have the third worst um, win percentage in the league. So that pick belongs to the New Orleans Pelicans in the AD trade. Um, yeah, Lakers, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Actually, I do. They stink. They're old. Uh, at, least, at least they won a game. Their last game they won is great. Uh, Portland. Haven't won a game on the road. Yeah, they have. Yeah, that's actually Lakers. Really sad. Good. Yeah, that's 0 and 5 on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, Portland. I mean, every couple of weeks, and I'm going to keep telling you, I, I told you this is going to happen with them, man. I didn't think that they'd be in first place at this point. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you, but I did think that they were going to be a good enough team uh, to be in the playoffs and not to play in. Mm. So I'm, I'm happy to see them here again. There's a game and a half separating them from seventh place. So pretty crowded still, but nice to see them off to a hot start. Um. Yeah, looking in looking in the East, like Brooklyn, I think that I believe they're four and two without Kyrie. Uh, I did see that they were four and one without Kyrie, and they lost their last game. So I'm going to assume that's four and two without Kyrie. Um, does Kyrie Irving play another game for Brooklyn? <sighs> he met with Adam Silver. Does Kyrie Irving retire? No, his ego is too big. I think he plays. I mean, Four. I think he'll play for Brooklyn. This yet. team cannot I'm so, I'm decide. So they were almost going to hire a fucking alleged sex offender. <laughs> this is true. Like, what makes you this is true. confident that they're, they're, they all, all of a sudden have a pristine moral compass when it comes to anti-Semitism? Oh, they do. And... Yeah, no. I mean, I'd I'd hope they do, but like the the history and the the evidence in front of me, the data, if you will, does not lend credence to that. Yeah. I think eventually, give it to the All Star break. At at the very latest. Yeah, I think he'll be back. I don't know if he'll play for Brooklyn. Who's he gonna I think play they're for? sick of him. I just LA? I think I think they're gonna use this as an excuse. I think they're sick of him. Lakers. No, because LeBron is basically said he doesn't want anything to do with him. I mean, he said the punishment was too severe. Yeah, maybe. That doesn't mean he still doesn't want anything to do with him. Okay, fair. Um, yeah, in the East, like I look, the Wizards are overperforming. They're going to drop. I'm not really worried about them. Um, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sh- what, we're done talking about? You're just going to gloss over the Kings? <laughs> I'll get to them. I'm going East <laughs> to West. Um Wizards are going to drop their fifth place currently, eight six record. Uh, dog shit team. They're going to drop. Sure. Um, Chicago and Brooklyn are going to rise up. Indiana at six and six. That's unsustainable. New York Knicks at six and seven. Both those teams are absolute trash. Knock them down. 
uh, Chicago and Brooklyn will go up. So it's kind of how I see that. In the West, Utah. How the fuck are they doing this? How are they doing I, this? They I keep winning. I don't understand this. Uh, Utah, they will regress to the mean. It's going to happen. Uh, Phoenix, I think, will start winning a little bit on a two-game losing streak. The Kings. <laughs> Talk to me. Currently 6-6. Six and six. Um three and three at home three and three on the road uh they are zero like they are they are the most average team right now 500 win percentage even on home and away they have a plus 0.1 percent differential on points they are the most mediocre team of all time uh to make playoffs. good for good for them they're they're not gonna make the playoffs but good for them dude the west is so bad how can they not uh, Oklahoma City might be a better team than Sacramento with the way Shea's playing. Can I? Hey, yeah. that's that's yeah. what I want to talk about quickly before sure. we move off this. Shea Gilgis Alexander for MVP. It might happen. It actually might happen. He is. I. I. I he probably won't because his team is not going to be good enough. No, we'll go to Embiid. He's playing out of his mind right now. But yeah, yeah, he is. So it'll probably be Embiid. But Shea will be a top three MVP candidate. And it will be really nice when he's playing for the Toronto Raptors next season. <laughs> okay, I'm done with that. But good for Shea. I love seeing good Canadian boys in the MVP conversation. Steve Nash-esque. It's lovely. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna harp too much on the Kings, but I will say this. We record every uh other week. So right now it lines up that we'll record again Tay being the fifteenth. So, you know, penciling in the twenty ninth, and then after that is the thirteenth. Um, the 13th of December is my birthday. So the next night, the Raptors play the Kings in Toronto. on the. So we might just have a Sacramento Kings podcast on this Kings birthday. <laughs> so many Kings. It's a Kings-themed pod. This is unbelievable. When, is, <laughs> when did this turn into the Kings podcast? I don't know. I think it's because when we talked about the schedule and predictions and stuff i yeah. really wanted the kings to finish ahead of the lakers <laughs> and now i just want them to win all the time yeah you're you're a king stan and that's <laughs> fine the the bad teams need fans from time to time so good for them i'm happy that you're a fan of them no <sighs> one else really seems to be so good for you i mean them in the preseason apparently pretty fucking fire good for them that's nice moving on <laughs> <laughs> It's time for the Too Sweet Moment of the Week here on the South of the Six podcast. All right, in the group chat, you and I outlined both of our Too two Sweet Moment of the Weeks, I think, or at least we addressed two. I'll let you take the floor first. What do you got? Um, OG and Anobi. Last, last night's game against Detroit. From the corner absolutely blows by Marvin Bagley and throws down a monstrous slam on him if you haven't seen it look up Bleacher Report they put it all over there that's a big boy slam Marvin Bagley looking like a doo-doo ass player yet again OG Ananobi making him his son that's a two sweet moment of the week for me 53-46 Banton to OG OG, oh my! 
there you go. Wanted to pro provide the audio for you. Um, mine is Scotty Barnes when it comes to um, when he wasn't starting his slump in Chicago, or we'll talk about that game in Chicago, rather. Um, it was his poster dunk, and it was pretty good. I, I mean, it was with force. It was on TSN. Jack Armstrong was the commentator. It was not bad. So that's my too sweet moment of the week. It was that or that bounce pass I talked to you about when it comes to um, Barnes to Delano Banton. I just thought that was nice, but you got to go with the aggression. So Scotty Barnes poster in Chicago. Back and in. Continues to go to work with the move and the throwdown. Vicious. Scotty B had enough and said, I'm <laughs> I've had enough. All right. So now that we got that out of the way, let's go into predictions. And again, we record every other week. Usually there's a big chunk of games. There's only five games within that stretch. The Raptors are going to get plenty of rest rest here. So um, we got Wednesday, tomorrow versus Miami, Saturday at Atlanta, then again Wednesday versus Brooklyn, then Saturday versus Dallas, and then Monday versus Cleveland. So not bad when it comes to rest and relaxation for this team. Start with tomorrow, home against the Heat. What say ye? We're losing that game. We are losing that game. What if Fred we and are Gary not, play? We are not healthy. I, I don't care. Okay. Kyle's coming back. <laughs> yes. He's going to put on a show. He's going to give whatever juice he's got or whatever gas he's got left in that tank and leave it on the floor. Um, I don't think we win this game. Even though they're home. Four of the next five are at home. Correct. Okay. All right. I don't disagree. I think we're going to get an L there. However, Saturday, 19th at Atlanta. I think we win that. You're not confident. I don't know, man. They, look, Atlanta's been, Atlanta's been playing pretty well, right? Um, I, I think that we played them really well last time. So I'm on the fence about this one because... We're better team than them. I think by this point, obviously, Fred would be ready to go. Um, Gary, hopefully, is also ready to go. And if Fred and Gary are both healthy and we're only really missing Pascal, it's still precious as well. But if we're only really missing Pascal, I'll still give us, I'll give us the win on this one, assuming Fred and Gary are back. If one of those two are still out, then I'll lean loss. But I'll say win just for, you know, the let the record show type they're, of deal. They're questionable for tomorrow already so that gives me hope that they'll be okay that's what Saturday. i mean yeah that's why i'm assuming that they'll be in yeah 23rd at home versus brooklyn i'm still gonna call this a dub yeah me too they played them hard last time and i think yep. at home I, i'm gonna call it a dub yeah i will as well saturday versus dallas okay now dallas comes to toronto what do you think um really know like I'm, I'm just taking a look to see what games they have before they also are on a three game or a three day rest they're at Boston the game before 
and then they come to Toronto. Maybe they go out in Toronto on Friday night. They get a little, they get a little turt hmm. in the in the night in the nightclub scene in Toronto. Um, I'll give this a I'll give this a W for Toronto. I'm calling it an L. Yeah, I figured. That's fine. Lucas scares me. Yeah, he's he's a beast. That guy. So, but hey, you're optimistic. You're gonna call it a dub. I'll call it a dub. Monday rematch from game one. Still again at home versus Cleveland. This is Monday the twenty eighth. Like I said, Cleveland has sort of fallen back down to earth. Siakam should be back. Hopefully. Achua should be back. Assuming no setbacks with Gary Trent. Assuming Fred Van Vliet has taken his Robitussin. <clears throat> I'm gonna call this a win. I will call this a win, and I'm not going to call it a win based off that. I'm going to call it a win based off the schedule of the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's their third game in four days. Ooh, okay. They play They play Milwaukee on Friday, the 25th. They play Detroit. These are all away games, too. At Milwaukee, the 25th. At Detroit on the 27th. And at Toronto on the 28th. It's a it's lot a of short, basketball to be played. Short ride, though, from Detroit to Sure, Toronto. but it's a game. Yeah, right? no, no, I'm, not, no. I'm not really talking about the travel. I'm talking about, you know, and yes, Detroit is Detroit. I understand that. I'm like, well, it's Detroit. Nah, I, I get it. it, but it's still a team. You got to play a game. You got to play 40 minutes. Um, that, Ooh, yeah. that to me screams a fatigued Cleveland Cavaliers team. I'll give it the win. Um, I can be persuaded on the Dallas L, though. I'm, I'm still thinking about it. I can be persuaded there. So for for argument's sake, let's go three and two. I'll say an L with Dallas as well. Okay, yeah. So it's fifty fifty on that, but I'll, I'll take I'll take that. But I'm I'm pretty confident we can beat Cleveland just based on what they have in terms of schedule. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule now. It is a mess. So they got the Bucks tomorrow. They being Cleveland, the Bucks tomorrow. Then Friday versus Charlotte. They should be able to handle them. Mm-hmm. Then Sunday versus the Heat. Monday versus Atlanta. So there's a back to back right there. Then. Wednesday versus the Blazers, Friday versus the Bucks, Sunday versus Pistons, back to back against us the next night. Yeah, I, this might it's a be a lot of basketball, man. Dude, it's then two days later they play the Sixers. It's disgusting. That's a tough stretch. So this might be that stretch for them. Like I said, I think the difference was a game and a half between them and uh, Toronto. If they start losing these games and Toronto can pick up wins, they're they're still right in the thick of it, you know. Yeah. Um, I think the drop off right now that we're seeing is Boston, Milwaukee, everybody else. Yeah, that's fair. You know, because the Seventy Sixers can't be coached apparently. No. Or or they or they just don't have a good coach. Yeah, Doc can't coach. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Anything else? So we're in agreement. We're going. What is it? Three and two. Three and two. Three wins. I'm good with that. All right. So we agree on every game. Um, Anything that you would like to say that we didn't cover? Anything that you want to address before we head out? No. Um, I think think that we kind of covered everything that Raptors Twitter has been talking about or that wants to hear about in Raptors community and stuff like that. So, um, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you think that you want us to talk more about something or you want us to talk about a certain segment or a certain thing or not or whatever, give us some feedback. Let us know. I think it's important. 
um, we want to discuss the things that you guys want to listen to, right? We still want to discuss what we want to discuss, obviously, but sure. um, it's, it's it always you know makes it easier for us if we know what you guys want to talk about. So, um, yeah, hit us up. Don't be don't be shy. We don't bite or bark. So, Sometimes. well, maybe bark, but yeah. no bite. Um, well, that being said, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you participating. We appreciate the download and we appreciate the support. Um, if you haven't yet, this is your first time listening to us. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we hope you subscribe to the show. We are on all the major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your fix from, we are there. Please subscribe. Please leave a five-star review. You can follow us on Twitter if you'd like to, at South to the Six. Again, the number six, the letters I and X. Please hit us up. We love interacting with Raptors fans. And uh, again, if you know Raptors fans, obviously you probably do. If you're listening to this and they don't know about this podcast, word of mouth is key. We appreciate it if you spread the word. Let them know about this podcast. Let them know that we are talking Toronto Raptors. Let them know that South Six Podcast is now with myself and Connor, and we are bringing this back full force. We appreciate it. And uh, again, I am at Adam Corsair. He is at Connor Chambers, and we are out of time. We'll see you again in two weeks. Deuces. Peace. Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.